Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Tom Woods Show, episode 2230. I am surrounded by people. And if you're seeing this on your screen, those of you who watch video, I should be in the top center. Now, I don't know if that's how it comes out. I'm still a newbie with some of this stuff. But I am surrounded by people you're going to want to get to know if you don't know them already. Truly wonderful people. I'm not going to say to my left, to my right, because I don't know how it's all going to come out. But maybe you can all raise your hands. Kevin Dolan is with us. Kevin has been on the Tom Wood Show a couple of times before. He is the founder of Exit, which is an absolutely extraordinary, fantastic thing that does practical things to help our people, basically, especially people who are in unfortunate situations because they've been doxxed or they, you know, they had the wrong tweet, they got in trouble, or they're just in a soul-crushing corporate job that they hate, but they don't see what they're supposed to do. How do they exit, so to speak? And Kevin has built up a community of people who will help them navigate this. Here's what your next step is. I've been through it. Here's what you do now. So that sure beats spending all day on Twitter or whining and complaining all the time. So Kevin actually, believe it or not, if you can believe it, in this movement, Kevin did something. How about that? He actually did something. So because he's an action taker like that, I recruited him for my thing. You get over here and help me help some more people. We've got Jeremy Evans, who is a marketer and tech guy extraordinaire. I can ask him to do anything. I could ask him to build a rocket to take me to the moon, and he would probably figure out some way to do that. And then we also have, among our facilitators in my School of Life group, we have David Moore, who is an entrepreneur himself, just sold a very successful company and working for an even more successful company, namely Tom Woods, Inc., if that's a company. And then Barbara Williams, who is our most recent addition to our stable of facilitators for our various groups. So after that long introduction, welcome, everybody. Let's get chit-chatting. The reason I decided to create my own little thing, my own community that I'm calling the Tom Woods School of Life is a kind of a, a sense of frustration that I think a lot of us feel that we've diagnosed all the problems with society. We are the world's foremost experts on the problems with society, but that just leads you to be frustrated and feeling powerless and helpless because we are up against insurmountable odds, it seems. And when we are up against an opponent that is in charge of every major institution, and it's enough to lead some people to a feeling of despair and to the point where they don't take action, they don't bother, it all seems hopeless and pointless, that I'm just bound to have a miserable life because all these powerful people are doing this to me. But that's not the case. And I know of a lot of really successful people in our movement. And I don't just mean business. I mean people who live fulfilled lives, you know, people who are confident, people who can express themselves effectively, who can give a, an effective speech, who can write, who can inspire other people, you know, who know how to get their kids educated in a hostile world, who know in an inflationary environment, what should they do with their money? And no, the answer is not just buy gold and that's the end of it. You know, there are a lot of people like that, but not nearly enough. I would say most people in the libertarian world, they know all about the non-aggression principle, but how do they answer all these questions? What am I supposed to do if I lose my job and I have a paper trail that I can't possibly get another one? What do I do? I'm miserable in what I do for a living. I don't know what the next step is. Or 
If I walk into a room full of strangers, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to do except curl into a ball and hope the thing ends somehow. So I wanted to take all these, no theory at all, no theory, all practical problems people have and try and solve them by bringing on the best people I know to work with everybody. But then it turned out that that was not the biggest selling point that I had. The biggest selling point that I had is that we're taking all these folks and dividing them into little groups that meet every week. And every week, it doesn't matter what their goal is. Maybe they want to leave their job. Maybe they want to, I don't know, start a blog, something simple like that. Maybe they want to go through some kind of program that they bought that'll teach them how to play the piano or how to be a coach teaching other people how to play the piano or whatever it is. And every week you come to these groups and they encourage you, they keep you on the path. They make sure you don't fall behind. You know, if something goes wrong, they're going to help you troubleshoot it. And every week you get better and better and better and you reach those goals. And I'm telling you, you reach the goals better when you're doing it in community. There's a lot of propaganda about libertarians believe only in rugged individualism, quote unquote. Well, whoever came up with that term, it wasn't one of us. It was somebody denigrating libertarians. Nobody or almost nobody succeeds entirely, quote, as a rugged individual. If you're going to do whatever it is you want to accomplish, and there are all kinds of goals you could have. Maybe you want to lose 50 pounds. Whatever it is, you want to eat better. Whatever it is, it works better when you're doing it in a community because you get all the knowledge that the other people have. You get their enthusiasm for wanting to make a change. You get out of that awful network you're in of people who just discourage you because they're jealous of somebody who actually has energy and ambition. And you get into a group of people who are going to make you better. And the people you're seeing around me are the ones who basically run these groups. You know, in fact, I'll turn it over to you guys in a minute. But one of my favorite stories actually comes not from my school of life, but from Kevin, who tells me the story of somebody who would show up week after week, and he was in one of the fitness groups. And his goal, you know, of course, was to be fit. And he would show up week after week. And week after week, he would talk about his failures. I was at a wedding, so I ate some cookies or whatever it is. And he would always be about his failures. But he kept on showing up. And guess who was the most successful person in that group of all of them? It was this guy who kept showing up and reporting on how badly he was doing. And he wound up being the best. If we're not doing stuff like this, then we are just a bunch of flap your gums losers. I mean, enough's enough. We've flapped our gums enough. It's now time to show what liberty in our own lives can really accomplish by putting our heads together, getting in these groups, and accomplishing what we want to accomplish. So, Kevin, I want to start with you just because you thought of this group idea before I did. And I had you on the Tom Woods show, and I heard the vision you had, and I said, all right, I want that SOB to work for me. And I almost told you to, I came to you and said, you should dissolve your group and just come on over to me or merge them with me. Now, I get that I I was just a little enthusiastic, right? I was a little overexcited. But what I wanted was your know-how, your energy, the fact that you pioneered this because you yourself lost your job for the crime of having independent thoughts. And you decided, I am going to take this opportunity, not just to create something new for myself, but to help a lot of other people who are struggling. That's just an awesome thing. So that's no question in there, Kevin. It's just, Here, now the camera's on, you talk. All right, so yeah, I'll start with the story that you told and why it makes these groups so effective. What we find is that if we're by ourselves trying to attack a project and we run into a snag or we lose energy, we lose discipline, whatever, 
for whatever reason, we don't hit the mark. It's very tempting to say like, well, you know, I'll just go back to the status quo. I'll just give up. And in these groups, each of those failures turns into a data point. And it could be, you know, maybe you weren't set up right to accomplish your goal. And maybe there's somebody we can connect you with who has expertise in that so that we can attack it better and you can get it done. It can also be like, you know, with fitness, it's pretty straightforward. But with a lot of these business ideas, it could be that the reason that you keep dropping the ball week after week is because you're on the wrong track. The thing that you're doing is not what you're really passionate about. And so then we have this discussion about like, well, why isn't that the thing? Why isn't that exciting to you? And, you know, I, I can say in my group, and, I, and there's stories from the school of life that the facilitators could tell you, but at least in my group, we've had all kinds. We've had it where it's, they just needed some resources they didn't have access to. We've had some where they were kind of on the right track, but they needed a redirect. We've had some where it was like, my dad made a lot of money and he wasn't happy. And so like, I have this ambivalence about success and ambition. And I'm just not sure. And what's great about these calls, it's guys who are not like, they're not people that you would expect to be like these sort of emotionally available, intelligent, like able to pick things apart for you like a coach or a therapist. One of the guys was a, was a, a data analyst, a spreadsheet guy. But he had just incredibly incisive questions that were like, all right, what is your deep ambition? What are you really about besides money? And we got to that. And he was like, oh, well, now I can build my business around this ambition that I have. And I can just, the money will, will come. And I can just build this business on the basis of what my real passion is, which is that this system I've developed helps people to succeed. That's what I really care about. And that's what I can dedicate some real sort of emotional energy to. So I can't say enough good about the people in this group and, and their, their willingness to help each other and, and connect with each other. And really, I think what you found here is this massive reservoir of potential energy because there's these people... That, I mean, the reason I started my group was I had dozens of people reach out to me after I was doxxed and say, what can I do for you? And I knew that all those people, if they had the job in hand, they would just give it to me. I know they would. Both because we were friends and also because everybody hates this. Everybody hates what's happening. They hate the fact that people could just lose their jobs for something they said on Twitter. And so the energy that you've captured is these people don't know how to help. They don't know how to match their resources with the problem that's out there. And so if you get, you know, 1,500 people in a room together, the odds that some of those people have the resources that some of those other people need is, is 100%. You're going to be able to make some moves and help some people. So that's what I think we have here. I want to say very quickly, twice a year, I put on a free event for everybody who's a member of the School of Life. And so we had this big in-person event in uh, July of this year. And I've been to a million events in my life, a million. I have never seen people be happier. And part of it is they have a sense that something's happening, that we have people who aren't just gum flappers. And in particular, what made me happy was that there were no libertarian pessimists in there. Like, you know, it's okay to be a doom and gloomer about society because there is a lot of doom and gloom. But I don't want to hear that nothing's ever going to work. Every single thing you come up with with these people, it's always, oh, that'll never work. Or this is hopeless because these people are too powerful. There was none of that hopelessness at all. It was all a sense of, oh my gosh, look at all these amazing people. And then I revealed to everybody, all these speakers you just heard who are unbelievably knowledgeable and you've been frantically taking notes because you know all these things are going to make your life better. Every single thing is going to make your life better. I just drew them right from the group. I didn't have to call in outside people because this group attracts all these smart, ambitious people. 
That's what we're doing. And if you're up to now, you haven't been a smart, ambitious person, but you have enough ambition to want to be a smart or ambitious person, then come on board. Jeremy, you have been a stalwart help in this project. You were just a member of the group. And then I realized you were multi-talented and had an endless appetite for work. So I thought that is a <laughs> top-notch combination. So I recruited you and you, uh, would you say you worked full-time at this point or at least very heavy part-time? I think, uh, yeah, that's a good question. My wife asked me this as well. The answer is I probably worked two full-time jobs. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm, right. not, I'm not in the work-life balance mode just yet, but I feel like I'm young. Right? I've got a couple decades to burn. Here. Well, you're the first person who I think had the guts to say to me, Tom, we love what you're doing with this thing. You brought in some of the best people to teach all kinds of practical day-to-day -day things that people need to know to be better, more effective, more successful, whatever it is. I brought the best people I can possibly find. And I have, in fact, I brought a negotiator on, two negotiators. People think, well, I don't negotiate. Yeah, I know. I know you're not going to Reykjavik negotiating nuclear missile reduction. I know that. But every day in one way or another, you're negotiating. And if you want to get what you want, you need to know how a professional negotiator works. So like I've had all these people on and you basically said, this is all great. But the selling point is you're connecting people with people they need to know and with people who are going to be able to get them what it is that they need that's stopping them from getting to the next step. And you facilitate all these groups. And I've been meaning to stop in on some of them but we now have so many groups, I can't possibly be at them all, but I'm trying. I'm trying to pop in every once in a while. But what are some things that you see? Because I feel like this is, I've been very sentimental since I turned age 50. 40, I was disappointed. 30, I thought, well, actually now I'm kind of like an adult. You know, 20, I didn't even notice. 10, but, but 50, there's something about that halfway point to a century that tends to focus the old noodle. You know, and I felt like I wouldn't mind being remembered for I wrote a lot of books. I wouldn't mind that. That's a nothing wrong with that. That's a great accomplishment. But I would much, much rather be remembered for, holy cow, this guy, you have no idea how much you affected my life. You turned things around for me. You opened doors I didn't even know were there. I didn't even see the knob. You know, like, that's kind of what I want to do at this point. So talk to me about what you see out there. Well, there's a lot of possibilities here. I mean, one thing you said is very busy. We just put up a calendar. We've got something five days a week, if not more, right? We are doing something in Tom's School of Life every single day, which is a little bit intimidating to look at, but very, very impressive. You don't have right? to I go mean, to all of them, right? I, right. I well, you can't. Say, say you can't if you, you know, wanted to. But I, yes. At first, I was thinking, you know, maybe I'm having too many presentations. No, no look, if people don't, <laughs> they can always look at it later. They don't have to go to everything every single time. It's better to give them more information than less. And then what they don't need, they don't need. But what they really, really want, you'll give them. I think the number one thing for me going into it is I said, well, so I live in Boulder, Colorado. Beautiful place. I've got a good mountain. You know, I got Michael Humer. Now, I've never met Michael Humer. I was talking with Anthony Samaroff. He said he's going to make the introduction. So I will meet Michael Humer. And uh, I'll enjoy Boulder, Colorado and all of this libertarian glory. It's not renowned for its libertarian ethos, right? I don't think that I've known a single libertarian part of this group. And by that, I mean somebody who knows what the NAP is. Now, I'm not being overly purist, right? But there are libertarians who are of some persuasion or the other say, well, I'm uh, socially liberal and I'm fiscally responsive, something just a step beyond that. Maybe somebody's heard of Tom Woods, right? That might be a good definition of a libertarian. Tom is kind of a 
uniter in that sense, a gate, a gate. I won't say gatekeeper, but a no. gateway into yeah. uh, deeper libertarianism. I'm not asking for Mises. I'm not even asking for Hayek. Just a libertarian. Immediately, I was inundated with hundreds of libertarians in this group. And that was an incredible eye-opening experience for me. My question was, okay, well, I'm a marketer. I'd like to drum up some business. I imagine libertarians are probably disproportionately business owners. Now, I'm 100% correct about that. My assumption was 100% correct. We probably have like one to 5% of the group are pre-existing business owners. With the accountability groups, now we're probably hitting 10, 15. <laughs> we've, uh, we've shifted the needle on that a little bit. But yeah, I was very interested in lowering the barriers to communication between people in this network. And one of the outcomes of that is I learned exactly the kinds of people that are attracted to Tom Woods. It turns out Tom Woods is not merely... I'm going to fail in the vocabulary here, but there's plenty of people who are a little bit uh, fiery politically, maybe, but they don't necessarily attract the brightest minds. And then there are people who are very academic, but don't necessarily attract people of action. Tom is a beautiful balance in between these two things. And the group is comprised, especially the accountability groups, where we see people face-to-face. It's much like this, right? It's a meeting. Everyone is on camera. We're chatting. We're having some banter, et cetera. Overwhelmingly, action takers. We're talking a little bit about the power of the room, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And probably the majority of folks are starting out a business venture for the first time. I think that's probably... 60, 70% of folks in the, the entrepreneurship groups. Now, I've done this with different people at least 50 times, right? I've started many, many small businesses. The level of enthusiasm, the passion that people have at that stage is incredible. To be able to come in and say, right, so that's a pitfall right there. <laughs> Let's flag that one. If we're playing Minesweeper, right, that's getting a little flag there. That's definitely not one that you want to be touching. To be able to help in that way is beautifully personally fulfilling for me. The other aspect here is it makes for a really seamless experience for the person who's totally entrepreneurial, just entering into the market. And I hope, and I think these people don't even know the alternative. (laughs) I started my first business like 12, 13 years ago, completely failed. I had no idea how to even bring my product to market. It was kombucha. It was a freeze-dried kombucha. So now that's out there. I was going to patent that at the time. I made my own freeze-dryer in my attic et cetera, et cetera. I took out a lot of debt. I had no idea how to bring it to market. The kombucha continually spoiled. I had no idea what I was doing. All I knew is I had that that glint and that ambition. I couldn't listen to anybody. Being in a position where you're surrounded by intelligent, capable people, and there's a high baseline trust. Right? These people, at the very least, agree that Tom Woods is a pretty cool guy. Right? And you might wonder, what exactly is that person like? Well, a lot of them are... CEOs, directors, or owners of multi-million dollar companies. A lot of them are overwhelmingly capable folks, oftentimes technicians. I'm not going to name any names, but I'm thinking of a guy who I'm going to poorly summarize. I'd love to tease. I have one guy who's a bios engineer. I'd love to tease him that he understands what the ones and zeros mean on my computer. Because that is mind-blowing to me. Somebody who can actually write in the assembly code. For the other programmers out there, and by the way, I know as my slice of the demographic audience, I know you're listening. Yeah, we have complete geniuses. Oh, by the way, in my spare time, I learned some Japanese. And I set up a successful print-on-demand store. And oh, I prototyped out a decentralized application in about a month. That is the kind of person that we have routinely in these groups. Now, can I claim credit for that? Absolutely not. None of us can claim the credit for the genius and the capability and the industriousness of others. But the difference of the accountability groups 
is I took that fellow and I'm having a very hard time not using his name. You know, you know, if you're listening, we can take that fellow and connect him with the owner of a multi-million dollar real estate brokerage who is deeply interested in prototyping out a decentralized application for real estate, which is something from day one. And again, I know we have crypto people in the audience. So forgive me for diving in a little bit here. I'm not sufficiently pure to be a crypto person. I can assure you that. But from day one of Ethereum, they said, well, there's going to be smart contracts and we're going to buy real estate. And maybe we're going to buy fractional real estate. Oh yeah, we have the guy in the group who knows Grant Cardone's uh, CFO. He knows Robert Kiyosaki personally. And he is going to be launching that particular application. Oh, and maybe he uses the help of another member of the group who happens to be a genius at building decentralized apps. And let's take that a step further. Can I break in real quick? Please. One of the things that I find about go-getters is they want to go work their own network. They want to go crowdsource it on the internet. They're constantly searching, prospecting for answers. And the problem with that some of the time is if you're working your own organic network, you're going to get lots of people who just do not have it in them. And they can even be really smart people, but they're going to say why it can't be done. They're going to give you all the reasons because that's why they do what they do. That's why they stay where they are. And this is a group of people who not only are bright on that level and capable on that level, but also they have the it can be done gene, whatever that is that makes you that kind of person. It's dozens and dozens of people who have that. And so your prospecting, your search can be so much more powerful when you're in that kind of a room. Um, Let me go to Barbara because she's our newest addition to the staff here and maybe wasn't expecting to wind up in this situation. And yet here you are. It's very true. (laughs) Yeah, I have a financial coaching background, helping people get out of debt. And I have health coaching background as well, helping people mostly in the carnivore space, actually. I signed up for your school just like Jeremy did and ended up in David's facilitation group. and. He thought that I might be a good addition to the team. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what I will say to kind of balance out what Jeremy is talking about, all these geniuses and highly capable people, which is definitely a huge portion of our groups have that. We also have people who have had their job. They've had a family. Maybe the kids are grown. They're not really sure if they've hit their peak yet as far as the fulfillment they were looking for in their life. The thing that where they're going to make an impact somehow. And so I have a lot of people who are in that place, kind of exploring different things, projects that they might want to see actually succeed. So I have one guy who had developed a card game to help kids learn math. And he just kind of probably had too many people like what Kevin was describing, people who were saying, ah, you know, how are you going to do that or whatever? And so he just put it away. Well, in these groups, he was hearing homeschooling parents struggle teaching their kids math. And it just, a light bulb went off. He thought, oh my God, I have that game. I'm going to dust it off and I'm going to get to work on it. And the transformation that guy has had in just taking it now from an idea to actually a playable game, working out the rules. And he talks so excitedly about it in every single group meeting. It's just stories like that. We have so many people like that. And it's just so fun to watch. It's fun and to be part of Incidentally, I, I should... In case it's not obvious to everybody, if you're in one of these small groups and you have a breakthrough like this, or you know, you're excited about launching something, I'll help you. I'll use my resources to get the word out about it also. I mean, that's a that's an unadvertised bonus. I mean, basically, if you're in this group and you ask me a favor, I will try to do it within reason. I can't come to your wife's birthday, 50th birthday party in Washington State or something, you know, but but I 
By the way, I've had people ask me the wildest things. Could you come give a speech at our wedding or something? I don't even know you. Like, what do you want? Why are you asking me this? But within reason, I'm here to help you. So, I mean, the worst I can say to you is no. But if you're in the group and there's some way beyond, you know, all the benefits of the group itself, just ask me. All right, David, your turn. Talk. Yes, I'm loving what I'm hearing so far. I I was thinking, as Barbara was speaking, I'm very driven by satisfying my curiosities. Some people are very goal-driven, but I actually, I'll get curious about something and I'll I'll just want to explore that curiosity. And I excel the most when my curiosity takes over. And I think one of the things that has been so helpful for the people in the accountability groups is they're allowing things that they're interested in, things that they maybe haven't given themselves permission to explore. They're given space for that. And so a lot of what we're told is to stay in our lane, to stay in the career that, you know, you. my daughter just got fitted for braces this morning. You get the bill for something like that and, and your mind goes, Stick with what you know, stick with what what you've always done whenever the finances of life come along, right? What I love about our accountability groups is that we have a space where people can really lean into their more kind of long shot opportunities, things that if they didn't have somebody there and a group there kind of guiding them and encouraging them, they'd go back to that safe and secure thing that they've always done in the past rather than lean into this kind of less certain but more exciting future which I think is really one of the coolest things that we're able to do. I'll also say that it's not the same network as it was when I joined. It has expanded in value by virtue of the actions and the collaborations that the members are taking. The folks in our groups are developing a fluency around each other's projects. They are themselves developing a knowledge of who is in the group and who they can connect people with. There are times when I'll be on the call and I'll be thinking of someone who might be a great resource and somebody else in the group will have either mentioned the name first or they'll mention another name that comes from the school of life that I didn't think of myself. And I'm like, that actually would be the best contact for that particular thing. And so the expansion of the value of the group itself, just by virtue of our first few months together, is incredible. And we have one woman who has actually decided to develop something like this in her own personal business life, her own accountability or mastermind group. One guy's done something similar within the school of life for tech engineers. And he's just out of his own accord developed a call for people to get together that have similar interests. And so those topical interest calls are developing. We have one gentleman who initially used the call for a collaboration group around a financial product for children that he's developing. And now that the product is taking shape, he's starting to use it as the focus group. What do you guys think of the work that I've done? It's headed toward that launch phase. So the group's value really changes for each individual as their projects evolve and take shape. So it's been just incredible. One other thing I'll add is I've had a few retired members of our group that are kind of leaning back into their past and pulling forth some of the skills and contacts that they've utilized in the past. And they're kind of doing this hybrid where they're looking for a career that's a little bit of what they've done before mixed with a little bit of what they want to try out in the future. And watching them go back into their past and pull forward really cool contacts and kind of being selective. Like, you know, I don't want everything I did in the past, but it's not all discardable. Some of it needs to come forward. And to watch them sort of surgically curate their life they want going forward has been a really uh, rewarding process to observe. All right, Kevin, you're like the philosopher of our group. I I hereby crown you the philosopher. Um, (laughs) Okay. And because I think in a way, I see a lot of myself in you in that, 
we're very much in the weeds, you know, out there working with specific individuals and specific projects. But at the same time, we have this desire to, you know, to, to think about the whole system and to think long-term and think beyond the individual projects that we're working on. And every time I hear you talk about this stuff, I think, geez, if I could talk like this guy, I could get people way more excited about what's what's possible. <laughs> and so, yes, it's true that in the immediate run, oh my gosh, we got the health establishment's a disaster. I mean, the he- I don't see what we do about that other than create parallel everything and not just health. I mean, it's got to be education, everything. We, we got to be building parallel institutions, which is kind of like what we're doing on a small scale right here. So the big long-term project is a long haul, but the fact that the elites who dominate everything have not been able to get everything they want. They were not able to maintain the vaccine passport system for very long, even in the craziest, most irrational areas, they couldn't maintain it. I mean, we've had real victories of people just refusing to go along. So we shouldn't just be overwhelmed with despair. And we should think in terms of the things that, yes, I personally, I can't reform the U.S. Senate. I can't reform all the universities in the United States, but I can do some things. I can build Liberty Classroom. I can help create a K through 12 homeschool program, ronpaulhomeschool.com. Like I, there are things I can do for me and for the people who follow me. And likewise, there are things that people listening to this can do. Not to, it doesn't change the entire world, but it changes them, their families, the people who know them. So can you philosophize for us, oh philosopher? <laughs> well, I think I think what's beautiful about our situation is that there are tiers of ways we can win. We can take back the entire country. We can transform our relationship to these power structures, or we can just get better jobs. We can just, you know, pursue projects, make more money so we can fly over the top of some of these things. And what's beautiful about our present situation is that the immediate tactic that needs to happen to make all of those outcomes happen is the same. It's you need to be more sovereign. You need to be more personally independent. You need to be coordinated and networked with other people who are trying to be sovereign and independent and building these connections and these clusters that are out of the reach of the people who hate you and want to destroy you. And the beauty of it is, is that it succeeds for you right now. It makes your life better right now in addition to, you know, the big picture vision. It's just, you know, how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time, right? And so my group and this group, it's entirely about carving out space. Freedom is not a question of like, what does the piece of paper say you're allowed to do? Freedom is a question of what do you have the power to do and and how can you keep people from stopping you? And a lot of people in our circles kind of default to like, well, I'm going to sit on 100,000 rounds of ammunition and I'm like that kind of thing. And that's that I think is not the way. I think the way forward is I'm going to stop them from messing with me because I'm going to have side hustles they can't touch. I'm not going to be able to be debanked because I'm going to be holding some crypto. They can't poison my kids against me because my kids aren't going to be in their schools. That's how you build uh, resilience and robustness to these systems. And that's what we're trying to do together. I want to jump in and point out that I have coming up as uh, one of, because in addition to the groups, we have these uh, live webinar sessions where I bring some awesome person on to come teach us some stuff. And I have coming up in November, my friend, Jason Rink. Now, 
not everybody has heard of all the people I bring on, because sometimes I bring on people who are specialists in very, very niche areas. But Jason Rink has made a name for himself as, quote, the most canceled filmmaker in America. And in fact, I don't think there's any competition for that title after everything that's been done to Jason. And if you don't know his story, I've covered it on the Tom Woods show. But the point is, this guy has been canceled, quote unquote, at every level imaginable. Like Vimeo dropped him, even though the material they objected to was private and could be viewed by no one. They dropped him. And it's not even like it was graphic or anything like that. It was just politically they didn't agree with it. So I've known Jason for the longest time. And the nice thing about him is that he still hasn't stopped. I mean, they stopped him from getting a hotel room in Las Vegas when he went out to do a showing for his film. Some left libertarians called the hotel and said, oh, this terrible filmmaker is coming. Don't let him have a room. And can you believe these cowards said, okay, I guess we won't. And so he couldn't get a hotel room. Now, I saw him in Las Vegas a month or two ago, and I remember sending him a message. Look, if you can't get a hotel room, my wife will use her name to get you a room in our hotel if you need. But he was able to, I mean, it was just crazy what he's gone through. But the beauty of it is he's more prosperous than ever. He's got several thriving businesses and he is more prosperous than ever. And he lives on his own terms, by his own principles. He has not had to get on his knees and beg forgiveness. He hasn't had to do any of that. He's able to just live robustly and successfully. So I'm bringing him on to talk to people about, here's a guy who's more canceled than you would ever be if you devoted your entire life to trying to be canceled. And yet he got around all of it and he's doing great. Now, I mean, we all could bear to hear that. The impact that we can have by being robust to these things goes so far beyond our individual influence because they count on being able to publicize your story. They count on you getting fired or you getting censured or whatever. They count on that scaring 100,000 other people. And on the other hand, if I can go on to my podcast and say, you know, I got a guy who got fired as an academic for some things that he said on Twitter. He's a math PhD and now he's making three times what he was making because he joined the group and got involved with the tech and learning crypto and got a better job. To make it three times what he's making, that goes to the same number of people. People see that and it matters. So these broadcast effects that are so damaging when they're hurting us, you know, we can use those weapons too. Yeah. Okay. I love all this. I just, I love this stuff. Like we're going to do things and you can't stop us. That's basically what, what I've shifted into this phase of my life. And also, especially as my own children now begin to get older and get to the point where they're going to be going off to lead their own lives. You know, I want to teach them things. I want to teach them. Like, I've accumulated knowledge over the years. I mean, I started with nothing, like most people. I didn't have anything handed to me. I didn't, I wasn't born into wealth, or it wasn't like my father had Harvard connections. My father didn't finish high school. He got his GED when he was in his 40s. I didn't have any special advantages given to me. So I've picked up a few things over the years. And then Jason Rink is a guy who's picked up, okay, how do you do what Tom did, but with, you know, everybody throwing darts in in your eye, (laughs) you know, like, well, how do you do these things? But again, it's not even just about how do I build a business or maybe earn a little bit more money than I'm earning now, although that's very important. This is a very holistic thing. We're talking about all these things that are keeping our people up at night and not one of them is I don't know enough about the non-aggression principle. That is not keeping anyone up at night. 
But these sorts of things are. My money's being ripped away from me in terms of its value. I had my livelihood destroyed by insane lunatics. Insane lunatics want to brainwash my kids. I don't know what to do. You know, all these kinds of questions. Or And again, even like little social skills, like we're going to do a presentation on how to make small talk. You think, well, I don't need small talk. That's a waste of time. Okay, if you think that, then you don't know how to interact with people. There actually is an important reason for small talk. Just something like that gives you just that little extra bit of confidence in a social situation because you know that the best version of you is one that is well put together, that's in command of a room, who can speak well, who can express himself well. You know that's one of the ingredients for the best possible you. So that's why we're doing a little session on this. And and by the way, we couldn't decide on a name for that session. So how and why to make small talk is the main title. But the alternate title is don't be that weirdo at the Woods house party next spring. Now, that's not bad. All right. Any final thoughts by anybody? Jeremy? Yeah. So I haven't encountered many people getting canceled in the groups. Now, I have encountered at least a dozen people who got fired from their jobs with the vax mandate. Yeah. I've encountered people who are losing their jobs or will be losing their jobs because companies are going under because we're in turbulent times, to put it mildly. And those kinds of problems, we're solving that all the time. Right? These income slash job security problems. I think the other thing that really jumps out at me is, and this was touched on a little bit by everybody, but there's security of income, and then there's, am I spending my time in a meaningful way? And Tom said this best, I think, is that as we get older and we think about our legacy and we think about how we've spent our time and what we've done, well, Tom has probably got a few more uh, checkboxes checked than the average bear, for sure. Nonetheless, this is a very common scenario. And uh, I've personally, through the accountability groups, helped at least a dozen guys, (laughs) forgive me, forgive me, uh, guys in the non-gendered manner. I've helped at least a dozen people get out of jobs that they found weren't fulfilling at all and move into something that they think is meaningful, does have the capacity to be valuable and beautiful for them. And there's still a market demand. And very early on, we touched on this idea of, oh, follow your passion. There's obviously a spectrum. And there's the passion where we are serving ice cream to rhinoceri, right? And that's our dream in life is that these rhinoceri, they've never even had different dots. They desperately crave it, right? And then we have, you know, I'm going to write an extension for a popular SaaS program that I hate and everybody hates, but I know this will make me $5 million. And there's somewhere in between there. And people are finding this every day. I think that's where the average person kind of falls in. Is that either I have insecurity, I don't like what I'm doing, I want to do something else. I want to do something meaningful. I want to address a social problem, right? A lot of us, <laughs> united by Tom coming in here, we have an ear to the ground and eye at the horizon. You're concerned about these social problems looming down the pipe. Well, you can make businesses to address these kinds of things. We're doing it. <laughs> we are actively doing it. So I guess my conclusion here is a lot of good stuff is happening. It happens for the average person. And we all have one or two of these problems at the very least. Yes, it's a little bit business heavy. And forgive me, that's a, I'm going on TLC for my sick addiction as I like to frame things in a business context far too often. But we're also talking about the entrepreneurship group. The three of us are entrepreneurship group coordinators with the exception of Barbara, who's going to get you fit, whether or not you want to eat exclusively meat. Very Um, true. But it's, All right, it's well, I'm going to do something. Yeah. I'm going to do something that we actually did not discuss. And it's going to seem contrived, like they must have discussed this. Well, we didn't. 
I'm just going to do it on the fly. You know, we throw this thing open twice a year, you know, and partly to get people's attention, but partly because when a zillion people join, I need to find more facilitators and I don't want to spend half your term with no facilitator because I couldn't find one for you. So I do have to manage the people who come in. But I am sure, given attrition and whatever, that we could accommodate another 15 people before the big reopening occurs. So let's say that we're going to open the doors. I, I Actually, I swore I would not do this, but you know, I'm 50. I'm trying to be more flexible instead of being, instead of being tougher and angrier as you get older. I'm trying to be more laid back as I get older. So, so we'll, we'll open it up for 15 more. The next 15 people after this broadcast, if you want to be part of this, then the website is tomschooloflife.com. Go ahead and join us. But if when you get there, if it's telling you join the wait list, then I'm sorry the 15 were, were taken. So the website also will be in, in the description and on the show notes on the page, tomwoods.com slash 2230. And my thanks to everybody, all of you, this whole Brady Bunch setup. I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at Podsworth.com.